The immediacy of our communication is quite critical to us. We're on a very tight timeline to deliver the data to our customer, uh, so therefore the use of satellites for both communication and transmission of data is a very important part and aspect of everything that we do. Camera selected down, doors in transits. We have a range of customers. They have different needs and demands and different systems and expectations. Good morning, DEA. Andrew speaking. From one customer that might expect a flight to begin and end all in one daylight working day, or to a customer who expects our aircraft and our crew to deploy to go away from our natural base for up to six months. And that takes a whole different level of planning, logistics and support. That's the voice of Sally Varley, Head of Ground Operations for DEA Aviation, one of our partners based out of Redford Airport in Nottinghamshire. We'll hear more from Sally and the rest of her team a little later on. Okay, after takeoff checks. Go ahead. Gear. Gear is up. It's but if up you're light. intrigued about how the European Border and Coast Guard Agency catch the bad guys, if you've ever wondered who takes the pictures up above that make up our maps, or what it takes to provide near real-time imagery during a search and rescue mission miles out at sea, then keep listening. Because in the second episode of this two-part series, we're going behind the scenes in the world of airborne ISR like you've never heard before on a podcast. Welcome to Satellite Stories. I'm your host, Christina Smith-Meyer. Last time we learnt about what ISR is and the type of work it involves. This time, we visit the airport hangar, the operations room, and understand what happens when the crew are flying up high. We look at safety and we consider what's next as SES widens its MEO offering. Could that be an opportunity for better coverage over a range of remote locations? Or for our clients like DEA, a chance to explore operating unmanned platforms. First, let me reintroduce Dickie Patunas, Head of Business Development at DEA Aviation, to give us a tour of what and who is on base. Thanks for coming over, Andre. Good to see you again. We're based at a little airfield called Gamston, near Retford, which is pretty much in bang in the centre of the UK. If you stuck a, a pin right in the middle of a map, that's pretty much where we are. So we're able to reach all of the coasts of the UK in our aircraft in, in short order, um, whichever direction we're going yeah, in. Yeah, the, the blister looks huge, doesn't it? It's amazing. So we have a number of uh, business units within the company. Engineering will be fixing the aircraft. Yeah, no, that's fine. Uh, the aircraft is currently on task. Uh, operations will be sorting out the flight plans, the clearances, the overflights, the landing permits. Hey Charlie, it's JS upstairs. We're due to fly WK. The pilots will be sorting out their individual flight plans and looking at the, the weathers and um, any uh, other restrictions that may or may not be in place. Okay, that's us. All done. So let's go to where all of this preparation is taking place. This time, Sally, who we met earlier on, will be our guide. So uh, then we were looking at the weather for the ISR missions. Um, your report was no operational impact. Any updates? Uh, here in the operations room, we are a team of people who coordinate all the activity of our organisation. And that includes everything from our pilots, our rear crew, 
our aircraft and the systems from which they carry that service our customers' needs. Okay, so mission timings uh, tonight for these ISR trips are uh, late afternoon and into the early evening, so uh, we'll rebrief again on that. So our planning cycle starts with some long-range planning. Uh, that can be anything from two days to two weeks or two months, uh, where we will investigate the geographical location that our operation needs to take place in. And gradually that planning cycle gets tighter and tighter until we get to a point where we're briefing the crew uh, the day or a few days before departure of everything they need. So that will include where they're going, which customer contract they're servicing, what their expectation is when they get there, what the crew comprises, who will be going, what systems they have on board, what the feedback will be to the customer, and uh, all the very detail of every item that will be on the aircraft as it leaves here, and we call that dispatch. So we will send the aircraft with every item it needs for the period of the contract that we're servicing. And I can see that they've got about 30 minutes left on task. Good afternoon, DA operations. Uh, right, okay. I shall inform systems okay. and I'll get them to do a, uh, a satellite so coverage check for you as well. One to track then with that turret transfer, they'll be one to Whilst I've got you as well on the phone, we've also requested... So here from uh, our home base at Gamston, um, we do need to prepare the airport for our departure. There are many other users at this airport, not only us. So we will give the airport a heads up that our aircraft is moving at any particular time. So that is bread and butter standard operating procedure for operations people and that happens all the time. And all of that information is fed into the pilot so that when he's ready to walk and depart for his mission, uh, everybody is expecting that movement every step of the way. So my early career was in the, the Royal Air Force. I was trained as an air traffic controller. I joined DEA initially because I wanted to be part of a challenging and interesting environment, and it hasn't disappointed. You never know on any given day the challenges you'll be facing. So uh, if you want something lively that keeps you on your toes, this is the environment you want to be in. Once all the checks are in place, then we take a few flights of stairs and several footsteps to meet the engineers, prepping the planes ready for takeoff. My name is Edward Grinrod. I'm the Head of Engineering and the Continuing Airworthiness Manager at DEA Aviation Limited. We are here in the maintenance hangar. Uh, we have two hangars where we carry out scheduled and defect rectification on light aircraft and King Air piston and turboprop aircraft. Quite often we'll strip the aircraft down to uh, different stages and then as we build the aircraft back up we reinstall uh, the sensors. We have to go through a testing process with our engineers for power and for connectivity. Then we go on to a flight testing phase to ensure that the uh, stream is good and that it's near real-time performance and ensure that everything is working correctly. So the King Air 350 behind me is just completing its scheduled maintenance. We're installing the uh, sensors that are required. So we'll be installing the EOIR camera on the belly, which will provide the Ultra HD quality images. The satellite communication system installed on top of the aircraft is key to what we do. Without the near real-time streaming of the Ultra HD uh, data, uh, we wouldn't provide the service that's required by our customer. So in combination with DEA and SES, we are able to provide that data uh, to high quality in near real time 
For example, our customer Frontex requires a direct feed of live data streaming directly from the aircraft so they can assess the situation properly, especially if there is uh, search and rescue, maybe people in the water and, and the requirement to get that resolved as swiftly as possible. I want to pick up on something Edward mentioned there. One of DEA's clients, Frontex. They're more widely known as the European Border and Coast Guard Agency. Their headquarters are based in Warsaw, Poland, but their operations cover land and sea across the whole continent. I want to reference the relevance of this type of ISR work. Just as an example, in January 2020, a Frontex plane patrolling the Aegean Sea detected a suspicious vessel south of Crete. After the crew located it, the Greek Coast Guard sent out a boat. The officers on board the vessel arrested 11 suspected drug smugglers and seized six tons of hashish and three million amphetamine pills with a street value of over 100 million euros. Then just last month, a crew working with Frontex spotted not one, but two boats attempting illegal border crossings, leading to the rescue of 200 people and the arrest of several people smugglers. And while the number of these types of crossings across the EU has fallen this year, the work that Frontex and their partners like DEA does, like tackling organized crime, is essential. So what's it like working on these patrols? Just how pressurized is it on board of those pilots? This is the true calling of ISR. Dickie Patunas explains. When you go out and you start patrolling, you're not really sure necessarily what you're going to see at the time. And then the situation on the ground will develop. And it could be as serious as a life being threatened that needs rescuing, someone that's collapsed, someone that's fallen overboard. And at that point in time, you need to make sure everything is working, the information is being fed to exactly the right place in as near real time as you can so that the life-saving decisions can be made and, and ultimately life-saved. OK, one, two, one, two. How are we all hearing us down about there? Should you better hear everybody? Can you hear them? Yes. It's an uncompromising position. We need to see what's going on as accurately as we can. So if uh, there's some illegal activity, whether it's narcotics, whether it's um, smuggling, whether it's transshipments, uh, whether it's illegal migration, we need to know what's happening and that information needs to get to the right place such that the law enforcement agencies can take the right actions. It's unforgiving, so it's absolutely vital that that communications link is maintained and reliable. But something else on the minds of those back at base is the crew's safety. After all, we want our pilots and our crew to fly safely, no matter which continent they're operating in. Having reliable SATCOM links means if the weather changes or there's an engineering fault, DEA's safety team can offer support in seconds, not minutes. So my name is Luke Sutton and I'm the Head of Management Systems at DEA Aviation. The ability to have near real-time feed gives us a huge amount of confidence in not just the success of the mission, but also the safety element. The decisions made are made within seconds where the crew and the intelligence analysts are looking at the environment that they're in of the mission and they need to very quickly communicate. 
a lot of the time it's life or death situations where you can't wait five, 10 minutes to make a decision. You need to know now what you need to do. You need to change course or you need to send some coordinates to the customers to allow them to make a decision. I personally think that, and the evidence alludes to satellite communications being at the very heart of our success. What it enables us to do is have live feed to our customers, but also to ourselves. You know, if there's a, an issue with, uh, let's say, an emergency response, then instead of having to wait for ATC to communicate with us, which takes a certain period of time, we have live response, which means we can respond much faster and more effectively. So what's next for ISR? How can we at SCS continue to push the boundaries of our satellite offering? And how can our partners like DEA Aviation continue to expand and deliver their missions safely and even higher quality as technology develops? That's something Dickie, John, and my sales colleague at SCS, Andre, can throw light upon. At SCS, we're particularly excited to host customers like DEA Aviation because of their capabilities. It is only through flexibility of our multi-orbit offering that customers can tailor exactly what they need to what they are going to see out in the field. Right now we're talking about how we're going to come up with coverage for our operations in remote places in the middle of Africa. That's challenging, but working with SES and the team, we're able to come up with something that's going to be robust and reliable. The manned-unmanned debate is a fascinating one actually and I've seen extensively the advantages that unmanned platforms bring to any aviation environment. I think that in the future as unmanned systems evolve and develop and become more reliable then we will step into that space. Critical to all of that is reliable satellite communications. We will rely heavily upon SES to provide that capability to us and that is central to our advantage in the marketplace. Our thanks to all the DEA team in Retford for opening their doors and our minds into the impact ISR is having both on the ground and in the sky. And our thanks to you too for subscribing and following our podcast tales across the satellite world, both on Earth and in space. And if you'd like to read or even watch more about the story with DEA Aviation, visit SES.com.